Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. It's Christmas week, and we're glad you're with us on a Monday afternoon. Three editions of the Eagle Hour this week before we all celebrate the holidays. We're off to a great start this week with head football coach Will Hall about to join us in just a moment. Want to remind you about our good friends at Dickey's Barbecue. They support Southern Miss football. And uh, we thank you all to support Dickey's. It's great food seven days a week. And remember, Dickey's is available for catering. Any event throughout the holidays, whether it be for your church, your home, your office, uh, no no event is too big, no event is too small, and the food is always delicious. All right, we're going to kick off the week uh, with our football coach. We're so glad to have Coach Will Hall back on the Eagle Hour. And, uh, Coach, I want to say Merry Christmas to you. And I asked you before we went on the air if you were taking it easy, and you told me, no, you were breaking down film, and you were still recruiting. Oh, yeah. You know, Bob, we got to get this program back. Specifically, we got to get this roster back to a championship caliber roster. And we've got six more spots left. And uh, we're working tirelessly to make sure we get those six spots filled uh, here at mid year. We'd like to get all six of them filled with transfers that can enroll in January uh, so they can go through spring ball with us. Uh, we feel really good about where we're headed with those six spots. And uh, it's looking good. But recruiting never stops, not if you want to win. And, uh, you know, so we're we're rolling with that, man. I know when we talked to you just a couple of weeks ago prior to uh, signing day, you were you indicated you, you, know, you felt pretty good about your skill positions. You thought you had some real talent there that you really wanted to uh, you wanted to address the, you know, the line of scrimmage. Uh, how, how good do you feel about that? And, and how much do you think you've accomplished uh, with signing day and how much of these next spots will will you be looking to fill maybe those gaps? Yeah, you know, if you look at the offensive front, uh, we signed three of the top high school offensive linemen in Mississippi. One of them will enroll here in January. And then, uh, you know, off of last year's class, you know, late in the summer, uh, we signed two freshmen that, that were ended up red-shirting two. So those will be two that you kind of add with if they were just able to get here earlier. And so when you look at five young guys entering the program that were great players, uh, all-star kids in the state of Mississippi and we would like to add one to two more transfer O-linemen we would like to get those guys in here by January and we feel like we would have kind of uh, killed that fly with a hammer if you will with the O-line you know our O-line got better as the year went on we've made a tremendous hire we're bringing in Sam Gregg one of the top O-line coaches in America at any level and uh, all of those O-linemen were young. You know, we only lost one senior that played a whole lot. We lost two seniors overall. So when you look at our top eight to nine players on the O-line, uh, you know, seven of them are coming back and played a lot of minutes. They're only going to improve with another year under their belt. On the D-line, we were able to sign three transfers that will all – well, four transfers if you count Jaleel Clemens as an edge guy that will all be here in January. Uh and then we're able to sign two really good high school players. One was the 5A player of the year in the state of Mississippi. So that's six additions. We would like to add two more D linemen. 
uh, that can enroll here in January. So we would also kill that fly with a hammer, if you will. And we do feel good about our skill guys. You know, we had a lot of them. They're all back from this past year. They all played a lot of really good minutes. They were really good players for us. They'll be a year older. They'll have another spring, another offseason with Ancar. But we really feel like we've got to continue to fix the line of scrimmages on both sides of the ball to get us back to a championship-caliber roster, and that's what we're working on every day. All right, Luke, get in here with Coach Hall. Coach, specifically, I want to talk to you and ask about a couple guys. Uh, you know, people were ecstatic the day before signing day. Get to transfer with Janari Dean. He's going to be coming from defense back over to offense. That was one of the biggest recruits in the state of Mississippi a few years back. Uh, that, that was a really pick, good ad, and he's going to be in, in your stable of running backs. Yeah, we're excited about Janari. You know, Luke, you know, this roster, as we, as we continue to remake it, is going to be filled with – you know, power five football players. That's that's what you that's what you have to have. To, if we're going to be the best group of five program in America, we got to have a lot of power five players. When you look at the type of kids we've recruited and signed since we've been here, they're either kids that had a bunch of power five rosters or they're power five guys that have transferred back down to this level. You know, when you look at Ty Keys, the Brendan Toleses, the Jay Joneses in last year's class, then our transfers from Jay Stanley to Lakevius Daniel. And then now, you know, this, this high school signing class is the same type deal. And then when you look at our transfers, Janari coming in is a guy that was a dandy dozen player. He was an all-stater in Mississippi. He had the Alabamas and, and uh, all those type offers. He signed with Mississippi State, uh, played defensive back over there. He's a, he's a downhill slashing type runner that has a lot of size and physicality. 210-pound guy right now. So when you talk about bringing him and Kenyon Clay in, our high school uh, signee uh, at mid-year, Kenyon was 221 on his visit the first weekend in December. So, you know, Kenyon's going to end up being a 235-pound guy, more than likely. Janari's going to be a 220-pound guy. That's going to bring some size to our backfield. We had a young backfield, and they're all back. You know, Frank was a freshman. Boogie, uh, Dejan Richard was a freshman, and, Antavius Willis was a freshman, so all those guys are coming back, and uh, you know they're a little bit smaller and and can make you miss type guys. So we're bringing some size in there to complement them, if you will, to kind of round out our backfield. I think another name that that didn't get as much attention as it should the number one junior college wide receiver in the entire country, Latrell Jones from Taylorsville by way of Pearl River. Uh, he, he's a he's a burner coach, and uh, you got a really good slot receiver in that guy. Yeah, I can't say enough about, you know, Desmond Lindsay and the recruiting of, of, of Latrell, which all Southern Miss fans will learn. You know, Latrell goes by Frog. That's his name. His grandmother gave him that name when he was young. So, Frog, uh, great player at Taylorsville High School. Uh, you know, Taylorsville's been good to Southern Miss for a long time. Uh, Frog and Ty are dear friends. Uh, Frog had a lot of SEC Power 5 offers and uh, just fell in love with being close to home playing in a place with such great tradition. All right, Luke, I think we just lost Coach. Uh, you can fill in for a moment. Sure, I'll absolutely. get him back on the line. guy he was talking about, Latrell Jones, who played down at Pearl River Community College, uh, 6'1", 195, 4'3", 4'4", guy, had uh, offers earlier from Auburn, Coastal Carolina, Louisiana, uh, Lafayette, Troy, Mississippi State, uh, other people, and, and Kelly has talked to us about, you know, having, having to watch him at, or watching him now at Pearl River, how much of a speedster he is. And, uh, this is a guy Tyke's played with in, in high school. He's a few, a little older than, than Ty, but coach, uh, we got you back and go ahead and finish your thoughts. 
What's the last thing you heard me say? You were talking about Frog and uh, how highly recruited he was and how he's going to help your program. Yeah, so Frog can really run. Uh, you know, he had a ton of Power 5 SEC-type offers and was just fired up to stay close to home right here in the footprint. We think he's going to be a huge asset to Southern Miss and fall in, in a long line of great wide receivers from right here in this footprint that had tremendous speed that can maybe move on to the next level. You talk about guys like Todd Pinkston, Sherrod Gideon, people like that. We think Frog can, can be in a long Jason Brownlee coming back. We think he can jump right in the mix with those guys. Coach, you, you signed another highly thought-of quarterback, really the number one rated high school quarterback, two years in a row now on your roster. So, I mean, common sense would tell me we're, we're going to see a, we're going to see a battle for the starting quarterback position uh, this fall. Am I right? Yeah, you know, and that's what we want to get to, Bob. You know, to, to, to be to have when you start having a championship caliber roster, every position, you know, when you go through spring ball and the off season, it's just a battle every day and the kids have to bring it. And, you know, when we got here, we said we wanted to be a quarterback driven program and a defensive driven program. And uh we've recruited really well to both of those phases. Uh we're young in that room right now, but we're young and talented. And uh, Ty has already been cleared. He's already running around from his injuries. He's going to have a great spring. And Zach also enrolls uh, in January. So we'll have both those guys here. They're both extremely talented. Uh, You know, again, they're everything that we look for in a quarterback from an accuracy standpoint, also a mental and physical toughness standpoint. Uh, They were both multi-sport athletes, which is big for me. I love multi-sport guys and have that competitive nature to them. Uh, and, and so we're excited about both of them. Like I said many times, we will add an older transfer if we can find a really good one that is older. I don't want a younger kid because we've got two great young guys in our program. So I don't want to add another young guy, and I don't want to add an average player because if you add an average player, you're just wasting a scholarship because they ain't going to beat these two boys out because these two boys can play. They're just young. Right, and uh, about 20 seconds left in this segment. We're going to hold you over, and uh, you said something to us the last time you were on the show made me feel good. You said you don't recruit kids whose only offer is Southern Miss. You want to recruit kids no, who are getting no. offered everywhere. Not, you know, when, when I got this job, you know, everybody in Mississippi was all fired up, and they're all happy, and they'll they'll call me and tell me about a player in the state, and we'll have already evaluated them because we evaluate everybody, and I'll say, hey, bud, do you, do you love me like you say you do? They'll say, yeah, Will, we do. I'll say, do you? Do you, are you fired up? I got this job. Yeah. I said, do you believe we're going to turn this around? Heck yeah, we do, man. Well, then, hey, buddy, look, that ain't what we're looking for, okay? <laughs> we're looking for guys that are real deal ball players, guys that can play, you know, <laughs> that right. have a lot of secret offers. So, right. All right. Uh, we're, we're talking to head football coach for. Will Hall. He's going to stay with us another segment. Glad to have him on the Eagle Hour. Great way to kick off the week. More from Coach Hall right after this short break. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back. Glad you're with us around the state this afternoon. Whatever affiliate you're tuned in on, of course, online. Look will tell you a little later. All the places you can find the uh, podcast of the show, and uh, we get correspondence from all over the country. People enjoy the podcast. We appreciate that. 
Just like we appreciate our good friends down at Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street. We love Kathleen. We know if you've got an eagle on your shopping list, then you've got to make a stop. If you haven't already, you will not be disappointed. The store is filled with Southern Miss merchandise from children to triple X, 4X shirts. They've got it for everybody. Campus Bookmart uh, open uh, between now and Christmas Eve, and we hope that you'll stop by and say hello to Miss Kathleen. We're talking to head football coach Will Hall. Grateful to have him back on the Eagle Hour. Coach, this is a, a lot different time in college football. I've been uh, reading a number of articles about coaches who are kind of complaining about how many kids are transferring and how many kids are in the portal. Uh, other coaches seem to think that it's a positive development. Uh, your thoughts, uh, Coach Hall, about the, the transfer portal and the, and the state of college football as we see it changing today. Yeah, Bob, I think what you're going to see is the teams that have really good cultures uh, are going to be able to separate themselves even further from the teams that don't have good cultures. And teams that don't have good cultures are going to crumble faster than teams that do. Uh, I, I've I've said all the time, you know, that I think the portal is going to be good for us. I think that, you know, Luke, we've seen that that's held true for the year that we've been here. Um uh, you know, I, I, I'm of the mind, you know, Bob and Luke, I, I never want to have to beg somebody to be in our program. If you're in our program, you don't like our program, man, this is America, go play for somebody else. You know, and uh, we do things a certain way. We don't apologize for the way we do it here. We believe in the way we do things here. And uh, our, our it's going to work. It's worked many times in the past, and we treat our kids right. So, uh, most of our kids that have gotten in the portal are just looking for an opportunity to play because they're not playing very much where they're at. And, uh, you know, so I, I think the portal will continue to be good with, for us from a standpoint of power five type players from our footprint that have gone far away and want to come home. And, uh, but it's like anything, man, in life. I mean, everybody's got the right to, uh, to do what they want to do. And if somebody's somewhere and they, don't like it and want to go somewhere else shoot man i'm i'm all for them being able to go somewhere else the problem you've got is you know luke i don't know about you you know bob probably made a lot of great decisions when he was 17 and 18 years old <laughs> me and luke definitely made a lot of mistakes when we were 17 and 18 and uh 17 8 year olds sometimes get caught up in the moment and they make a decision that feels good right now when the fact of the matter is every decision you make, as we know, has a long-term effect that goes along with it. There's a ripple effect with every decision you make in relation to how it uh, helps you get to your hopes and dreams or how it shatters your hopes and dreams. And sometimes 17 and 18-year-olds can't see that. So that would be the one negative of it. Coach, I, I will say, you know, you did make a lot of mistakes uh, because your dad forced you to be an Ole Miss Rebel for a long time, but thankfully he he saw the light as well. So I just want to throw that that out there for sure. What, you know, so much generalization takes place sometimes, and, you know, with, with the amount of players in the portal, kind of the college football player of today kind of gets lumped in this, you know, flake generation. But but there are dudes out there that, that honor commitment, and it seems as if – you have really tapped into guys that believe that that believe in where this program's going and, and not to you know give all of your secrets away, but generally speaking, what has been the message to guys? I mean, with honesty and, and it seems like love and honesty is winning the day. Yeah, you know, that's just how we are. We're the same every day. You know, we are brutally honest. 
and we treat our players the way we would want to be treated if we were getting coached. And uh, we love them. We're honest with them. We tell them exactly where they stand. Uh, We tell them exactly what the expectations are. We never apologize for that. We coach the good just as hard as we coach the bad. Uh, We celebrate uh, good academic work in the classroom just as much as we punish uh, people that aren't doing good in the classroom. So that's just the way it is every day here. I I truly believe with all my and, – and, again, Luke, I was a transfer as a player, so I understand what it's like to be a transfer. I understand what it's like to have been miserable and then transfer and get happy again. So I believe with all my heart that your college football experience should be one of the best experiences of your life, that you should live the rest of your life looking back on it and saying, man, I wish I could go do that again. And – uh well, you know, we're not going to bat a thousand. We're not going to hit a hundred for a hundred with all of our players. That's just not real life. But we try to, and um, and we're building this roster back to a championship caliber roster. I can tell you that. All right, coach. Before we let you go, we have a we have a crack research department here at this program, and I understand that you were aware of an interview that we uh, did friday with a with a long lost member of your family a, a long lost brother named phil hall I, i'd like to play a couple of clips from what he said and get your reaction is that good with you coach well i heard phil was was felt really blessed and was really excited <laughs> let's see let's see what you think coach go ahead luke <laughs> yeah you know that was something that uh like i said me and my brother and, and my daddy we sat down and, and we kind of tried to to figure some things out here. So what we did was we watched uh, about 147 hours of Miami Dolphins uh, film when they did wildcat formation. 147 hours. Wow. So we, you know, tried to adapt that system, and and it works pretty well. And we're, you know, we're excited about the future. We got the blueprint of the program laid out. Uh, depth charts are going to be uh, the way of the Buffalo. We're not having depth charts anymore. It's just going to be super back, and we're going to have 22 guys listed under super back. And uh, then he went on to ask Coach Hall, uh, uh, we asked Phil specifically about your, your wardrobe, and this is what he had to say. Yeah, you know, we've always been brought up on tradition and, and kind of going after what our our, uh, our daddy wore. And, and so, uh, you know, my brother really was, was enamored with the sweater vest look. You know, not not quite to the level that Mike Ditka wore it, but I think this year after uh, talking to, to my brother, I think he's going to try and go for, for a Mike Ditka look this year. Uh, that that kind of, you know, I, I may have revealed it there a little bit, but he's, he's got a couple uh, – a few designs up his sleeve this year, and, you know, he's just excited. Uh, you know, his wife, she thinks he looks really cute in it, and I think that's the most important thing. Uh, but he's just really excited for his, uh, his his best designs for this upcoming season. Well, Coach, what are you, we're excited, too. Is there is there anything at all that your brother revealed that you didn't want the public to know about? <laughs> no, it wasn't. I tell you, it was, it was fun. We laughed about it. Uh, I can tell you this. I know, I know. You know, people probably probably think, "Golly, this guy is is over the top with positivity, and he is excited." But but it is real. And anybody that knows me, and you guys have met me, and knows it's uh, we wake up every day. This staff does, and I do with a passion uh, for this place and a passion to get this place back where it should be. We really are. You know, it, people. Jo- you know, obviously. The, the the segment there was joking about it, but we really are 
we do feel blessed, and we truly are excited to be at Southern Miss. And Southern Miss is a special place. And when I took over here, Luke, you know, I said many times, especially to all you former players, that for for here in the recent past, there's been so much talk about what we don't have and what we can't do anymore. And uh, from the moment we've been hired, we've chosen to talk about what we do have and what we can do again because of what we've done in the past and where right. we're charging forward. And I believe with all my heart we're headed back, and I think we can do it together. And I love Southern Miss. I love Mississippi. And, man, I'm the, I'm the most, to, to, to steal Phil's word there, I'm the most blessed man on earth. <laughs> can't wait to finish out this day and wake up and go after it again tomorrow. Bob, I, I should we should let our listeners know that actually this interview right now in the Eagle Hour has interrupted a film session with Coach Hall. So yeah, Phil Hall knows what he's talking actually, about. Actually, that's actually true, isn't it, Coach? You were watching film when we called you. That's right, breaking down the Patriots uh, <laughs> uh, as we speak. <laughs> well, let me tell you this, Coach, and I, you don't need to hear this from me, but it's true. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. And when you have when you have young fans who have worked to do an imitation of you, uh, that tells you that people are buying into the program, and uh, we're excited about you being here. And uh, you know, we, we do that out of love and respect for you, and we hope that you you understood that when you heard that Friday. Oh, there's no question. It didn't bother me at all. We had good laughs with it. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate the support. And, man, there are better days ahead, and there are really, 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 really good days coming. I can promise you that. And it starts every day by waking up and recruiting as hard as you can and uh, and loving these kids and recruit, develop, recruit, develop, recruit, develop. And that's what we're doing. We're not there yet. Y'all know that. Uh, we will be a young football team next year, but we will be a really, really talented young football team. And, uh there's going to come a day where we have a whole lot of fun together. There's no question. Well, Coach, we really appreciate your time. want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. And I tell you that we really look forward to having you back on the show again soon. All right, guys. Thanks so much for having me. And I look forward to being back on with you, too. And to the top, baby. There we go. Head football coach Will Hall. Great sense of humor. Undisputed enthusiasm. And uh, I think he's right. I think great days are ahead. We'll be back. appreciate football head coach Will Hall for hanging out with us in those first two segments. If you missed that interview, you can go back and check us out in podcast form, Eagle Hour on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, and as always on the Super Talk Mississippi webpage. Eagle Hour on a dreary Monday, but uh, it's Christmas week, and so it's the most wonderful time of the year. Cool outside, finally feels like it's actually December. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, and Laurel 
we got a bunch of Monday night football going on. Nick Mullins taking on, and I don't know if you saw this, Bob, but Jalen Richard called up for the Raiders, so those two guys get to play against each there other. There go. Good. So uh, two games, and then two games tomorrow, and you can catch them all at 4th Street. 4th Street, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. They bring us the third segment every day, home of the 895 lunch. Follow-up Coach Hall's interview with... Heath Hinton of Big Gold Nation as he joins us every week. And Heath, um, just to get a, a little more, uh, talk a little bit more about what Coach Hall talked about, we kind of walked through several of these signees um, specifically. But he feels good about his young offensive talent. He got the uh, the Barnes twins from Adams uh, County Christian. Uh, Will Saxton was a kid uh, that a lot of people jumped on late. Eagles were able to fight off uh, the, the people that wanted him and, and sign him. And then we kind of made mention of this just amongst ourselves. There is a, a lot of offensive line youth on this football team already. They just probably didn't have the experience ready to play this year, but but you think that they will you know, be able to step in. And, and so when you only see three offensive line signees, you kind of raise your eyebrows, but it appears there will be a couple more JUCO guys come in, plus you've got some young depth uh, on this roster. Sure, and I think, look, I think you're going to see them, and, and um, Coach Albay said they're – you're going to see him go for a couple of more offensive linemen in the portal. I think you're going to see that. I don't think there's no question about that. So you add a couple, you had some JUCO, you had a transfer to, you're fine offensive line depth-wise, you're right. A lot of young guys on the offensive line. A lot of guys last year, some guys they bought in last year that didn't even play this season. I mean, there's a, you got Peyton McKinnon that didn't play. Uh, Drew Lawson, uh, there's just a lot of guys that they have that they can go that are young that are going to come in. And then, once again, you talked about the transfer portal. You get the transfer portal, get some of those guys in, you're fine offensively on the offensive line. A, a guy that I asked Coach Hall about, and I want to ask you about from a from a recruiting standpoint, you know, if, if Southern Miss would have signed this guy two years ago in their class, he would have been the, the highlight of the class. But how, how big is the Janari Dean? And how big is the Frog Jones being that he is the number one, you know, wide receiver from junior college in the country? Both of those guys come in and make instant impact. Yeah, especially uh, Frog Jones. You get him outside with what you already have talent. That's a lot of talent at the wide receiver position. Uh, Caston Brownlee, Demo. Um, you get a guy like Frog Jones who can stretch the field, who can literally fly. And, uh, man. You talk about uh, Coach Hall is going to have some fun at wide receivers, some uh, some a lot of talent to kind of mold whoever his quarterback is. His quarterback is going to have some options at wide receiver and in the backfield too. Bob, well, overall, Heath grade this thing one to ten, and I and I realize that all, all this doesn't really you know mature for a couple of years. But if you were going to put a grade on this class, what would it be? Oh, uh, numbers why I don't I don't know if I can do that, Bob, because you just haven't seen them in the spring yet. Right. I'm right. scared to give a number to these guys because you just don't know what you have. Uh if you're looking if we're going straight, you know, class rankings or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh it's the mid 70s. Everybody's got them ranked right around the mid 70s. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I it seems like a class that there's a lot of potential talent there, but until you see them on the practice field, they're going to have 12 or 13 guys come in around January to get a good look at them. It's just hard for me to say, uh, you know, what 
what the grade yeah. level is right now. Well, one thing that intrigues me, though, is the, is the quarterback signings. For two years in a row, you, you signed the most highly thought of high school quarterback in Mississippi. So I know we hear a lot about Keys, and, and he may very well be, but I don't think that's a given now. I mean, I think that uh, – I think you've got two young men that are going to battle it out in the spring and in the fall, and uh, I think, Heath, we might see quite a battle for that starting position. I do, too, and who knows what will happen once the uh, once bowl games are done and, and teams start settling down, who's going to be available. Uh, we see Bo Nix from Auburn is going to uh, Oregon, so uh, you, know, you never know who he may add. So you're right, that quarterback competition – Will be a lot of fun in the spring, especially because Wilkie will be here in the spring to learn the offense, which is something now that Ty wasn't able to do last year when he came in his freshman year. He was playing baseball, so Wilkie will be able to come in the spring, learn the offense. So when it comes to fall camp, I don't want to say they'll be on e- equal levels as far as knowledge goes, but Wilkie will have a little more of advantage you know, going in the fall than Ty Keyes had going in the fall this past season. Right. And Coach Hall told us he was actually recruiting today and breaking down film that he had. I think he said eight more scholarships he could fill. And uh, he left us with the impression that if he finds the right kid, which he said would have to be an older kid, he wasn't interested in a young quarterback transfer because he had two young quarterbacks, but an older right player could conceivably be a quarterback. I agree. I think it's somebody that's got one or two years left, somebody that's been in a successful system, that's been around a really good offense, that's um, not afraid to maybe run the football a little bit. I think Coach Hall likes that in his quarterbacks. So uh, who knows where they may go when it comes to the transfer portal and quarterbacks, or he may stay, you know, he may be happy with what he's got. I think he's in a situation where he can pick and choose where he doesn't feel like he has to make a move, but if the right person's there, he will make the move. Luke, older, talented, and has the ability to run and throw. Anybody come to mind? You know, there's there's several there's there's several guys' names that have been floated out there. I think a, a one guy that has there's been some chatter about is is a guy at, at Florida named Emory Jones. Of course, they have a new coaching staff, and I think he's got one year left. But he was a talented guy, big six uh, four. He was like a four or five star coming out of high school, and you know, he's got one year left. You don't know, you know, if you're looking at that. Uh, there's other guys, you know, inside the state of Mississippi. Uh, you wonder if if there would ever be a possibility that a guy like you know John Rice Plumley would would perhaps uh, you know want to want to transfer and, and play quarterback because you don't know what's going to happen. One thing at Ole Miss is there wasn't a, a coaching uh, turnover, so so Kiffin stays there. Uh, but this was, you know, last year when when Coach Hall came to Southern Miss, some of these guys uh, from from the Hattiesburg area, some some names popped up here and there. So you never know what what could happen, what might happen, or what. Uh, I guess the Heath, the, the bigger question is sometimes what motivates these these kids, generally speaking, you know, to to want to move. And uh, sometimes it's it's things that you wouldn't normally think would be the number one motivation. No, I mean sometimes it's. Uh relationship with a coach sometimes it's uh you want to get back closer to home because you want to be closer to your family sometimes it's because you believe that uh you're the better player but you're not getting enough playing time i mean there's 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 a plethora of reasons why guys transfer uh so you know it's kind of hard to uh it's it's easy to see let me put it like this it's easy to see 
how kids are using the portal and and why they're using the portal because there is so many reasons for them to. But at the same time, Bob, we we discussed and we brought this up with Coach All. I mean, he specifically said the guys transferring from 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 Southern Miss are guys that are just probably not going to play as much. So you know maybe they've been encouraged to do that. But but it doesn't seem like there's this ginormous amount of people that are mad at the coaching staff and, and no. why they would they would leave Southern No, he made a great point. If you got a great culture, you're not going to have as many transfers. If you have a bad culture, you're probably going to have more transfers. Hey, Heath, about a minute and a half left. Uh, trouble with the basketball team uh, and conference play is just around the corner. What, what do they have to do to get this thing turned around? Um, that Ty Hardy, that Tay Hardy injury was tough. Uh, losing his 20 points a game, nobody stepped up and took his place. There's nobody stepping up to take his points. You look at the losses and and where they've been. Um, you have him. Maybe you win a couple, uh, but it they're all around twenty twenty five point losses. And man, you just hate to see it. There's so this team is just there's talent there, but there's just stretches where they go without scoring, mm-hmm. and uh, they don't end up. They just Jacksonville take for instance. They went for four minutes without scoring, but held Jacksonville to six minutes without scoring. You just can't do that. You're not going to gain. If you're going to hold a team scoreless for six minutes, you got to be able to make up ground. And if you're not able to do that, it doesn't matter. The defense is good, but offensively, they're just not playing well. And as long as that happens, this team is going to struggle, and it's been tough this year. Yep, it has been a struggle. Well, look, uh, we want to thank you for all you do. want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Look forward to having you back on the Eagle Hour next week as we wind up the year. Uh, but we appreciate all your contributions. And real quick, how can people join Big Gold Nation? I'll just go to southernmissedoutrivals.com, click uh, join and sign up. It's a lot of fun. Appreciate it, guys. Hope you have a wonderful Merry Christmas. God bless. We'll talk to you next week. Heath Hinton, everybody. We'll be right back on the Eagle Hour. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment today brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Great place for instruction, great place for training. Proud sponsors of Southern Miss and the Eagle Hour, DBAT D1. Go see them. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg, Jeremy McLean announcing today a new head volleyball coach, the 12th head coach in the program's history. Jenny Hazelwood is the new coach of Southern Miss Volleyball. Played volleyball at Mississippi State and also was a head coach at Mississippi College, Centenary College, Austin P, and most recently was the head volleyball coach at Mississippi State. Uh, her most recent experience has been she's been a TV analyst for both ESPN and the SEC Network, as well as an assistant coach 
with the USA Volleyball Junior National Program. Upon uh, being named, she uh, said, quote, I am honored to have been chosen to lead the Southern Miss Volleyball Program. From top-notch facilities to great support from at- athletic administration, it is clear that Southern Miss is a special place. I'm thankful to Athletic Director Jeremy McLean and other uh, within Southern Miss uh, Athletics uh, for entrusting me to lead this program, Southern Miss, to the top. So if you if that if that last name kind of rings a bell, there was a kicker for Mississippi State, Brian Hazelwood. Uh, that's who she uh, is married to. So Southern Miss welcomes Jenny Hazelwood, the brand-new head volleyball coach for Lady Eagle Volleyball. All right, Bob, um, this is our uh, laugh of the day. Collegiate baseball's uh, preseason baseball poll comes out. Both Mississippi State and Ole Miss in the top 20. Southern Miss not in the top 20. Southern Miss not in the top 30. Southern Miss not in the top 40 or the top 45. Your laugh of the day brought to you by Collegiate Baseball. Southern Miss preseason ranking baseball now 48. <laughs> well, when you consider the baseball USA has already ranked the Golden Eagles 22nd, we're almost certain that in the D1 poll of the Golden Eagles will be in the top 25. I guess that I guess that speaks to the credibility and knowledge of college baseball that particular organization has, Luke. Our friend Pat McGee was kind of ranking the preseason ranking polls, and I think he had this particular poll like five or six out of the seven that exist. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, yeah, that, that would probably be the last time we mentioned collegiate baseball. Anyway, all right, um, Bob Saints still in it. They do something that has not been done in a long time. Defeat the Bucks 9 to nothing. Uh, Tom Brady shut out for the first time uh, since 2006. And uh, it was the first time, this is an interesting statistic also, it was the first time in NFL history since 1970 that the leading offense, the, the, the offense that scores the most points, has been shut out in December or January, typically when you find teams hitting their rhythm offensively. And the Saints did it. I mean, it was unbelievable to watch one of the most dominating defensive performances in recent history and just enough offense uh, to defeat the Bucks 9 to nothing. Well, how much money could you have made if you just said, this late in the year, a team that's one game under five hundred without its starting quarterback will shut out the Tampa Bay Bucks and beat them without scoring a touchdown? You could have been a millionaire. If you, if you could have got somebody to give you odds on that, you would have been a millionaire. How do you explain it, Luke? You watch the NFL this year, and well, how about the Detroit Lions? Lions are just demolishing what three weeks ago we were told was the best team in the league. So now you do you wonder are the are the uh, you know are the Bucks are they a Super Bowl team? Are the Cardinals a Super Bowl team? It's anybody's game right now. Well, the Bucks lost Fournette, Godwin. And uh, yeah, that Evans was last tough. night. That was tough. That, that was, yeah. But but you know what? It was because the Saints hit up on them. I mean, they were throwing licks around. I mean, yeah. they they uh, they laid the the wood on all those dudes. So it would it did surprise me that Kamara only had thirty one total yards, eighteen on the ground, or uh, yeah, eighteen on the ground, thirteen uh, receiving. I mean, and, and they did just enough. Taysom Hill hit uh, a few deep passes that got him in field goal range. Uh, the Saints can't win like that every week, but it was the it was the defensive line that got pressure on Brady. Just four guys. Yeah, no question. You know, they whipped them. No question. They whipped them up front. I love the Tampa Bay uh, coach's uh, comment. Uh, he was asked about the rivalry, and he says, "What rivalry? For it to be a rivalry, you have to win games. We don't ever beat them, so it's no rivalry for us." 
And you know what, Luke, the Saints have owned. They have owned the Bucks since Brady came there. It's an amazing thing to watch. Except in the playoffs last year. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, this <laughs> is yeah, what, three or four regular out. season games in a row and uh, blew them out twice last year and then shut them out. I mean, who would have, who could have, <laughs> who would have thought that was possible? Yeah, so. Oh, g- great job. And, and, of course, Saints without Sean Payton last night. Dennis Allen had a phenomenal game plan. One of the things that, that you heard the commentators say was Sean Payton told Dennis Allen, don't think like me. Don't make decisions that that you think I would make. You make these decisions. You do it. You're the head coach. You roll with it. And he did. And uh, Saints even it up at 7-7. Seven and seven. Beat Tom Brady with field goals. I mean, would you have just... It just, you just the poor, <laughs> the poor uh, Microsoft tablet, Surface tablet. They got yeah, smoked and go. thrown and smashed at well, the end. Well, congratulations to you and all the Houdat fans. It was well deserved. They won the game physically, no question about that. All right, got a great show for you coming up Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, and uh, we're gonna have Rick Cleveland on the show uh, with us Wednesday. Looking forward to that. Got the Jack Duggan's gonna wrap things up from the sports information director's perspective for us tomorrow afternoon. Other great guests as well. Hope you'll tune in. Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.